0: Canuck Central in the Kintex studio. It's hour number two of the program. If you missed the opening hour, we were joined by Frank Sarvalli, our weekly insider here on Canuck Central. Also discussed some of the Stanley Cup playoff storylines, Jamie Benn's suspension and the Florida Panthers. How much is Sergei Bobrovsky? How much is some tactical changes and are there some comparables to your Vancouver Canucks?
1: Ooh, very compelling in those storylines. I it, like the teases. Yes. It makes me want to go back and listen.
0: Uh, you can always listen if you subscribe to the podcast, <laughs> and uh, also leave a review. We do appreciate that. The five star reviews they do they do wonders for us.
1: Yeah, I do like when I when I listen back sometimes and I yell at myself or yell at us.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah,
1: every once in a while for sounding stupid or saying something like you know why, why did you say it that way? <laughs> yes. I usually yell at you, though. Oh, well. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. <laughs> I'm just
0: pretty, pretty obvious. I should have yelled at him more during the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> should have yelled at him more. What a bad take by Dan. This is a daily occurrence. Uh, all right. It is time for Overrated Underrated here on Canuck Central. Hit the music. We've got uh, producer Josh Elliott-Wolf and producer Elon with us today as well. Hello. Behind the glass and uh, ready for another award-winning edition of Overrated Underrated. I like how you said another, yes. You give us the topics, and we debate if they are overrated, underrated, or, on the off chance, perfectly rated.
2: We will uh, start with this one from Brando. Trading Demko before he's due for a raise and getting a solid package back if Seelov's looks like the real deal.
1: Um... I think it's an underrated idea a year from now.
0: It's, uh... Look, I I don't want to accuse Canucks fans of looking too far into the future. But are we looking too far into the future with these types of ideas?
1: Yes. Yes, I mean, we'll we'll talk to Woodley coming up in a bit, and I think Artur Silovs has a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. If he completely hits everything, is his potential what Demko is today?
0: He's playing... Incredibly well at the yeah. Worlds. The Worlds could be an indicator of where his trajectory is as a, as a goalie in the pro world, but it's not something you can bank on as early as next year.
1: No, I think I'm not against the idea of treating anybody like we talked about, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to um, trying to win depending on the value you get. But Demko's 27 has three years left on his deal, right? Yep. I don't think you're giving him another contract. The only way you're giving him another contract is if his play has dipped and you can get him back for cheap and he's here to be a tandem with the other guy, right? But when he's going to be 30 years old, and let's say he has three really good seasons, are the Canucks giving him like what whatever he's going to be demanding at that point or Look, commanding on the market?
0: I'm sorry. I am never paying. I can't. See myself ever advocating to pay more than like six, seven, eight percent of the cap to yeah. one goalie.
1: And it depends on how high the cap goes. But yeah. if we're talking about Demko signing a contract, that's going to be, you know, his contract now is six percent of the cap,
0: which is and, and perfect. it feels great.
1: It's not, it's a great number, yes. right? If that number goes to eight or nine, and we're talking about a number that's going to be eight million, nine million, and it's into his 30s, it doesn't age well for goalies. No. When you and I were talking about Carey Price, he has three, year, three years left on his contract at 10.5 million. Yes.
0: And I know people are saying, well, oh, the Bobrovsky contract is worth it for Florida now because of this one playoff run. It's like, great. Uh, Nobody expected this playoff run to come. Right. And, you know, guys in their 30s. I'm not even saying
1: trade Demko today, but I'm saying that's a, reali- that's a reality you're, you're going to be faced with. Probably by 2025. Like, I don't think you worry about it in this year. Like, I think you get through this year. You can even get through next year. But once yeah. you get to 2025, you have to make a decision. It's a, It's where are we? Can we win with this guy? And we go all in with him this one year and try to win? Or do we move him before we give him the contract extension we're not going to give him? I think it's a good question. I think we're a year or two away from really having to face it.
2: The
0: thing about Demko right now and his, his number and why I think this is a little bit overrated I I am of the mind, like, yes. Are you confident enough in yourself to be able to build an environment or create an environment that is more goalie-friendly than we've seen here in Vancouver over the last couple of years? And Rick Tockett is trying to do that. He's trying to put that system in place. And we saw a little bit of that starting to happen towards the end of last season. But a lot different to do it over the course of a full 82, as we know. And two... Even on the off chance that you are able to do that, are you still going out and finding? Because I, I don't see Silovs with the guy as early as next year, no matter what. Not next year. How are you doing better than what you have with Demko for five million bucks? So that That's the hard part. Even in all this, you create the environment, all this stuff. Are you still finding something that's better than Demko or can at least give you... Decent value for the five million bucks that you're still having to go out and commit to that position.
1: I don't think it has to be Demko, yeah, right? It it has to be that level of play, for instance. Like, I don't think it has to be that level of play if you're maximizing the asset and you're getting back, say, a difference making top four defenseman and another guy that helps you out. Then your team is getting so much better that you don't need a Demko, but you need a guy that can give you what 85% of that, yeah. You can get there with, say, the evaluation. That we've seen from Ian Clark in this goalie uh, department in Vancouver, which has been their strength. I'm at a point, as long as Ian Clark is here, that I'm not overpaying any single goaltender. If that's the confidence you have yeah. in, in being able to develop goaltenders, that, that's the one position you're not overpaying for.
0: And look, you should be willing to trade anybody. But the, the the offer has to be undeniable in order to move off of Demco. Like for we're instance, talking to Simon Nemich or, you know, something really nice.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, it would have to be that or like we talked about from, say, the L.A. Kings, where yeah. they're giving a first-round pick and two of their really high-end young prospects. Maybe like a Helga Granz. Plus somebody yeah. else who's really good, right? Like one of their higher-end guys or a good young player, for instance, yeah. right? whether it's a Sean Dursey or somebody else, in addition to those assets. You're talking about that's a compelling package, right? I don't know if anybody's doing that. And if you're not doing that, you're probably what not What goalie gets
0: it. traded for that kind of a package these days?
1: Yeah, and that's why I don't punt on Demko now. I think in the next two years, you don't worry about it. You use them, you mm-hmm. do everything you can, and then you make a decision before the final year. If Silov's is truly knocking on
2: the door, then you can maybe maximize that asset. Next. All right, the next one. Uh, speaking of Silov's, Sean, having a good run at the Worlds like Seelovs or Garland, overrated or underrated? I think generally
1: anything that happens at the World Hockey Championships is overrated.
2: <laughs> and I'm not I'm not yeah. besmirching
1: the tournament. I think it's actually a great experience for guys. And anytime you speak to guys who've been on the tournament, putting on, uh, y- you know, their country's jersey means a lot. It's a great tournament to be part of. It's, it seems like a lot of fun. But in terms of extrapolating that and, and making these grand assessments on player projections and trajectories... I would be very hesitant. I'd say
0: overrated. I would say if a GM is changing his mind on Connor Garland or goes there and watches Connor Garland and says, that's a guy we got to go out and get this summer. I probably don't want that guy being the GM of my hockey team. Yeah. I don't mean that as a slight to Garland. I just mean it's a completely different style of hockey. Like they're playing yeah. on the big ice. It's a different level of player that's playing in this tournament. It's all co- like some teams are okay. Some teams are not very good. Canada's, team, like is hungry.
1: Actually, Canada's team is pretty bad this yeah, year. Canada's like, team is not very good. Like, you know, for their standards.
0: Yeah. So it's it's just, I can't imagine a GM going there and being like, oh, wow, look at how great this guy is. A guy that's an already established commodity at the NHL level, like a Connor Garland, and being like, wow, this guy's a much better player than I ever thought he was because yeah. I saw him do this at the World Championships. I just I don't see a GM doing that. No, only the Mark GM. Who's the Mark <laughs> GM?
2: We'll find out. <laughs> There's uh, a few of them. Pierre Dorian? No. Austin and Langley. Kyle Dubas meeting with Sidney Crosby. Overrated or underrated?
0: Uh, underrated. Like anytime you get to chat with Sid the kid, I'm sure that's a pretty cool experience. I'd be right? yeah, I'd love. You think to they have. like exchange Tim Horton's hockey cards or anything like that? Or
1: no, probably not. He only does that with <laughs> Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's that's him and him and McKinnon's thing.
0: <laughs> only the Cole Cole Harbour guys can do that. Could
1: you imagine? Dude was like, "Can you sign this for me, though?" <laughs> Big fan growing up.
0: <laughs> I mean, anytime like. Is Kyle Dubas not like any of us? Like, if you had a chance to meet Sidney Crosby, you not, would you not be uh, super cool about it? Get ultra nerdy with him with some hockey discussions? Well, of course you would. I mean, yeah. of course. I mean... Um, Sat would be like, how do you, like, you know, cut the guy's arms off when you get into a board battle? Like, what, what, <laughs> what what's your technique there, Sid? How do you lean on guys? <laughs> what do you see defensively? Yes. Yeah sats going to like pull a, an ipad out of somewhere like hey look at this <laughs> like, what do you, you think we some plays together <laughs> <laughs> i've i've been meaning to i've been dying to
1: know <laughs> on this play what are you thinking yes should uh, it be on the inside or the outside like where is your
2: leverage point yeah next one david uh aaron eckblad overrated or underrated
1: um overrated yeah is he underrated i don't, I don't think he's underrated is he overrated though
2: i mm. would say so i think people think he's much better
1: than he is. Sure. I mean, I do think that his production would be there if Montour wasn't doing what he was doing on the power play. And would it be any different if Montour and Ekblad switched spots? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I'm not sure it would be necessarily much different.
2: I mean, Ekblad played on the power play quite a bit with Montour this year, and he just wasn't putting up numbers. Yeah. And so I I don't know if maybe he's just not as offensively inclined as he previously was. Yeah,
0: he had he's had so many injuries and like pretty devastating injuries to the point where I just I don't know. Like while I really like him as a player, like I wouldn't he wouldn't be somebody that I would be knocking down the door for in unrestricted free agency in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, I think it comes down to, like, I'm not against trading for him. Right. And his contract's really not ridiculous now compared to Seven other contracts. Seven and con- a half million. Yeah, right. it's not, like, you know, obscene, but it's a lot of money. He may be slightly overrated, but I think he's been good in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I haven't seen any issues with his play. Well, and generally, he can put up points. The way
0: Florida leans on that top four. Yeah. You know, Josh Mahura gets out there every once in a while. Mark Stahl gets out there every once in a while, but it, they lean so much on, uh, on their top four, Eckblad included.
2: All right. Next one. Uh, D playoff hockey after the first round overrated or underrated.
0: I mean, this year definitely overrated. Hasn't been great. Um, it's look, the series kind of paint the, the, the score in the series paint a different picture than the actual games. Yes. I completely right? really agree. You know, the first two games in each of these series went to overtime, right? <laughs> like, so they're hotly contested. They're intense hockey games. Very little space to come from, and yet both series are now 3-0. So for as much as, yeah, they've been lopsided, the games themselves outside of last night's Vegas blowout of the Dallas Stars haven't necessarily been blowouts. I think the style of play... Has been maybe in stark contrast to what we saw for most of the season. Yes. A lot of high flying offense, lots of goals scored through the regular season, and uh, we've seen a lot more safe hockey, dump and chase, especially in the Eastern Conference Final. And you know, it's just uh, it's a very different it's a very different contrast from what we've been seeing during the regular season it's
1: almost like uh bill belichickian hockey mm. you know like the league has been going one way and the team's having success are the ones that are zagging and doing you know exes- exes- essentially essentially i figured out the market inefficiency which is yeah. just playing safe hockey yeah. so y'all go out there and score we'll, we'll just play good safe hockey <laughs> you know and mm-hmm. you look at the teams that are this far i mean dallas one of the best process teams all season yeah vegas one of the best process teams all season the Panthers, not all season, but find themselves here. Carolina Hurricanes, like three of the four best process teams. And the only team missing is the Boston Bruins, really. Then yeah. you'd have the, you'd have the, you you'd have all four teams that were at the best at doing that in both conferences.
0: So I think the the, the style of play has something to do with, um, yeah, how the playoffs have played out. In that maybe the hockey isn't as entertaining as you'd like it to be at all times.
2: Uh, This one is two but connected. uh, Basketball, fill NHL coaches wearing suits and NBA coaches dressing casual.
0: Uh, I would be a casual, casual dresser coach. Not in the NHL. I I think so. I've thought about the NHL. You can't really do it. I I thought. Get cold.
1: Yeah, no, I thought that. I mean, that's a practical way of looking at it. Although I'd say, I mean, the, the hoodies these guys wear and the zip ups, yeah, I mean, I you know, you, you can probably get away with it. But it looks more unprofessional behind a hockey bench compared to a basketball court. You, you get what I mean? Right. Yeah. I don't know what it is because you're on the court, you're sitting. And, but and what if all the, the
0: coaches row? chose to wear casual wear? I
1: think so. I mean, used to you're it. You used to it after all. Maybe like NBA
2: coaches used to wear suits.
1: Yeah. Although, like, like I said, it, yeah, it doesn't look as weird because you see college coaches not wear suits oftentimes. It's kind of a thing you see in co- in basketball, yeah. but when hockey, like, you never see a coach behind the bench in a prof- like a, an actual game not wear a suit. It looks out of place. I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen like an actual didn't legitimate coach.
2: Portarella just wear like a. Zip oh, up. he did,
1: and didn't look professional. He said <laughs> he was he was sick, yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm like, come yeah. on,
2: didn't look good.
0: Well, the only time that happens is in the the Winter Classic when they wear the varsity. Yes, uh, the varsity Those coats. look pretty good. Yeah, those do I don't know. know. Wear those every game. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, being a uh, football manager, truther, I've thought about this mo- maybe more than uh, I-, I I should really want to admit. But I'm still a suit guy. Even like if I was a touchline manager, you know, uh, coaching Juventus, I would I'd still wear a suit, no tie. But like
2: you're like Nate the Great out there. Yeah,
0: nice nice black suit, a nice crisp white shirt. I mean, I will
1: say, you Top know what Button done. You know what looked really out of place was Mike Nolan wearing a suit for the 49ers <laughs> as the head coach, remember? Like he yeah. was on the sidelines wearing a suit. It just looked really weird like in the NFL. NFL yes. coach with a full-on suit and a tie on, like he yes. just did, he, I mean, hey, shouts
0: to him. But my favorite was when Mourinho used to wear the like the really long – or no, it was yeah. Wenger who used to wear the really long jacket yes. for Arsenal on the touchline. Because and and then then the, he was so tall. It was like, this is the biggest jacket I've ever seen in is. my life. But the funny, man made,
1: made fun of him, and then that jacket came into style like yes. three That's years ago. Fantastic. Everybody's wearing that jacket.
0: Even Austin Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> he was ahead of the curve, Arsene Wenger.
2: I, right, I do think they should make all coaches wear the uniform like they do in baseball. Oh, okay. You just got to wear the jersey. Go out there and pick a number. Yeah. Do your yeah. whole
0: thing. That'd be pretty funny. This one says
1: Vanny so- Sartini dresses pretty mid for an Italian. I will agree.
0: Uh, that we can agree on. Um, some baseball managers should not wear the
2: uniform though. <laughs> no, no. Some of them are like, "Okay, hey, I know I shouldn't <laughs> wear this, so I wear a jacket over it yes. all the time." Like John Gibbons, just oh. wear
0: the extra, like the double XL hoodie to yeah. to to mask it.
2: Uh, this one from Justin Zhao Long Bao. Soup dumplings. Uh, I uh, I am in the soup
0: dumpling phase of my life right now, and I just uh, I cannot get enough of them. I absolutely
2: love them. Have not have not tried oh, them. The little the little sauce you put on them. Mm. I like I, dumplings. I've always been like curious because I haven't tried them either. But I feel like I would like.
1: Them. Maybe I have tried. I mean, I've tried a lot of dim sum, yeah. and dumplings, but I have no idea what the names are. <laughs>
0: It's a soup dumpling. It's yeah, basically like, done soup you know, dumpling. there's uh there's soup inside the dumpling. So, soup inside the dumpling. When you du- when you when you bite into it, you get, you know, a splash of
2: soup. Oh. It's like a it's like a trident splash. <laughs> it's like a trident. <laughs> Break kill the guy with a trident.
0: <laughs> so, like it can be dangerous cuz if the soup's like piping hot, you're definitely like burning your tongue on the on the on the soup dumpling.
2: Dangerous game.
0: <laughs> Need the chili garlic oil to
2: go with it too. Uh Ernest, din
0: tai Uh, Probably overrated, but uh, for me right now, since it is a new discovery, a fairly new discovery, it is underrated I also have not tried it I will uh, drive down to Seattle again in future We should do a a road trip We should Mariners, Jays, plus Din Tai Fung
1: You guys gotta get Nexus, though
0: (laughs) Sat's like, I ain't riding down with you marks Sad, I don't know if we can get it in time It's a process Definitely not getting it in time because I've been on the wait list for a year now. But um, yeah, oh, fine, I'll do it. I'll, I'll go through you know the regular lineup, the peasant line, <laughs> the
2: peasant line with
0: the normal folk. I'm still convinced. Like it's not as though Din Tai Fung is doing anything revolutionary. Like they're not serving some kind of new recipe that is uh, Usually, got me hooked on it. But just doing the basics well. They do the basics well. It's It's an experience when you go there. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. than a. You know, part of going to a restaurant is having a cool experience, yeah. right? And so that, that happens, too, when you're at Din Tai Fung. So uh, all of those factors play in, and it's very underrated for me.
2: Crab joke. Tim Horton's Donuts, overrated or underrated?
0: Uh, the Honey
2: Cruller is underrated. I'm you know a big uh, proponent of Tim Horton's Donuts.
0: Underrated. Yeah. For the price? The price. Sometimes, <laughs> like, okay. There are places that do gourmet donuts well. But I don't want to be paying $7 for a donut. You know? Depends.
1: Like I said, I don't mind paying for one donut. Yeah. It's a law of diminishing returns, every donut you have. We've gone through this before. Yes. Yeah. But, like, every donut becomes less and less
2: valuable after having it.
0: I shouldn't have to pay $25 for six donuts.
2: Yeah. So they're really good? I've never been a gourmet donut guy. I've tried some that have been brought into the station, and I'm like, maybe this is the one. I will say, though, every time I, they bring
1: you guys bring donuts in or donuts come in from these places, I always enjoy them. I have one donut, and I, I yeah. enjoy it.
0: But I, I, I guess them. if you have multiple ones, then I don't know. Donuts are fantastic, though. Yeah.
2: Timbits always slop. Yeah, oh, Timbits are timbits good. Timbits are great. Chocolate glazed Timbit. Woo. Underrated move. Just grab the 10 Timbits. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Very underrated That's, move. Very yeah. valuable. Every Very good once valuable. in a while. Yeah. Uh this one on the text line. Costco or sorry. We've done that before. Uh overrated, underrated. Teams that lost to Florida this year. That's from Parker and Case. Uh, so Boston and Toronto? And we
0: include the, the Miami Heat in this conversation.
1: Ooh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> we have to include the Miami Heat. Love what the Miami Heat are doing. Um
0: What is it? Why is it the year of the Florida man? I don't. I don't. I don't get it.
1: We made fun of the Florida man, and it's
2: <laughs> like if jokes they, on us. <laughs> what if they both get reverse swept, though? Reverse well, I mean, swept? or I guess one can't. One can't. Well, or, no, they, know, no, no. I mean, they both, they, they, they both can.
1: They both can. They both can. I mean, both up three. Yeah. I mean, if that happens, then we're having a completely different discussion. Uh,
0: I don't think anybody anywhere is underrating the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, you know, there, there are many, there are many failures to get over any kind of hump. With the roster that they have. I do
1: think, I mean, and I think it's easier to say in hindsight that the Boston Bruins were overrated. But, I mean, we're saying, okay, like, maybe there shouldn't have been. How many points did they get this year? 125?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, instead of being 125-point team, maybe there should have been 112-point team. But mm-hmm. still, like, the second-best team. Like, still a really good hockey team, right? I mean, so I'd say maybe they were overrated. Like, they weren't quite the power. Yeah. But still.
0: They went through a really uh, ugly slump. At a really bad time. And their goaltending, which was rock solid all year long, kind of disappeared for a few games.
2: And there goes your season down the drain. Tough. Uh, this one, Krez from Coquitlam. Overrated, underrated, jogging at a light when it's not your turn to cross. Can't tell you how annoyed I get seeing that. Jogging. So a light. I think it's like when you're waiting to cross and you're jogging still because you don't want to stop the motion of jogging.
1: Yeah you, you got to get your steps in. I don't know. So That's, a, like, that's annoying for
0: to me, too. <laughs> you're dodging traffic going through the lane, or no, you're no, just, no, no. Like He's saying just, standing on the spot? You're,
2: yeah, running on the spot, waiting for the lights. You know, so I assume. Yeah, they're just running, keeping
1: their legs yeah. warm. I mean, I, I really don't care what other people do in public, generally. Mm-hmm. So that's just my rule of thumb. As long as you're not doing anything to get in my way, I'm usually okay.
0: Gotta burn those extra seven calories. Can't, can't get this uh this party stopped. It's
2: more annoying when I'm walking, also like I'm just standing next to them waiting. And they're like, then I feel you? lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then then that, that affects me. That sounds like a you problem. Though. It yeah. is a that, me problem. That definitely
0: sounds like a you problem, Josh.
2: Uh we'll end with this one. Uh sorry, here we go. Uh BC Ferries on long weekends. Over so it or underrated? I'm sure they're trying their best. I, I, don't, yeah. I,
0: don't, I don't have a ton of experience with this. I'm almost afraid of going to, to a BC ferry on a long weekend.
1: So I, I've never had a bad experience on the ferry in terms of not getting on a ferry. Mm-hmm. Because there's one time I didn't get on a ferry, but it was my own fault. Like showed up showed up late on a long weekend and we had to wait a long time. I was like, that's on me. That's, that's a me problem, not a, yeah. not a you problem. I've never had an issue where I've reserved my spot and not got in. As long as you get there on time. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's hard to reserve because people reserve and you got to plan ahead. As long as you plan ahead, you're okay. But I would not dare to just venture without reservations for the ferries on the weekend.
0: I want to know
2: from the text box,
0: are you getting on a ferry without a reservation on a long weekend?
2: Uh, not on a long weekend. Probably I think no. there was a point in time a de- multiple decades ago yeah. when you could. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Fair
0: enough.
1: Yeah, Torgy says, "Just don't do it. It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Just don't do it. Save yourself the time. Go to, uh, go to the interior. Why do you have to go to the island? You know, there's there's beautiful
1: spots in the Fraser Valley. Yeah, I mean the island is fun though. I will say, like I I love Sunshine Coast.
0: Yeah, it's Never amazing.
1: Been. Yeah, I will say the Sunshine Coast ferry usually is not as bad going to Lang uh, Langdale. It's yeah. not as bad, but
0: you know, it always depends on the time." I uh, got to do that maybe this summer. Yeah. They got golf on the Sunshine Coast. I'm sure they do.
1: Oh yeah, got to figure it out. They they got some uh, golf courses. You can hit it up. There's always golf gotta somewhere. Play the
0: Bowen Island golf course. Yeah, just 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 for something to do. Yeah. Uh all right.
1: We're 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 way over. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Because I there's one about uh, Chris Chris Nolan's new film Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Overrated, underrated. I just know I want to watch it. That's all I know.
0: The trailer, underrated because yes. it already made me want to watch. Yeah, I really so. want to watch
1: it. That and Leo's new movie, and Scorsese's new
0: movie? Yes. Killer of the Flower oh,
1: Moon. Man, can you spot the wolves in this picture? Yeah. I mean, this,
0: I, mean I, I just watched that trailer four times. Looks like another banger from <laughs> yeah. uh, Scorsese. Uh, all right, it's Dan Ricci's Satio Shaw. Kevin Woodley is next on Canuck Central.